On today's episode, we chat with cellist, composer, songwriter, and sound designer Ro Rowan, who's worked for some of the biggest names in the music and entertainment industries, such as Lauryn Hill, Kanye West, Lord, and Hans Zimmer. We caught up with Ro at the beginning of August to discuss their new piece, The World Outside, how remote recording has become the new normal, and the German word Weltschmerz. Stick around at the end of the episode for the premiere of The World Outside. Welcome to Chamber House. Ro, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dabney. So um, I'm going to ask you uh, what I've kind of asked everybody, but what's it been like, you know, being an artist during this time for you as a performing artist and a composer? And Well, I would, I think the thing that's been the most striking has just been my experience as a creative person and the process of creating during this time. Like in some ways, going to a session, while it is creative, once you agree to do it, you just end up there. So whether or not you feel like doing it or not, you're there. But to create in the space is like everything else. It doesn't, nothing just happens anymore. Like I happen to run into you or I happen to um, see something. It's everything is mindful and intentional. And so creativity becomes mindful and intentional So I would, I mean, like the first, I think it was almost three months before I even had one little grain of inspiration. Oh my gosh. I was the same way. (laughs) (laughs) And and I judged it and I thought, cool, quarantine, I'm going to put out my album. And then it was, oh my God, if I don't put out an an album now, I'm a failure, you know, because I'm home and I have time. Absolutely. But then I really realized like what we're going through is... It's pretty, pretty surreal and unusual and emotional. And there is this constant hum at all times. So some days I can get out of bed and have a great day. And some days I just need to sit and watch some TV, you know, or talk on the phone. So it took about three months and then it just kind of exploded. And then it's been off and on since. Um, But I would say better than it was before in some ways, because I feel better like a better person and more evolved than I was in the middle of March. Kind of like the intentionality of it has forced a more intentional creativity and therefore a kind of better creativity. Absolutely. And, and my relationship to why I create, you know, before there is a sense of wanting to share me, what I do and what I created and to offer it. And then within the first week or two, I just was, fully receiving what this pandemic and then ultimately what Black Lives Matter, what it was saying to us or to me, what I was picking up was that this is about community. This is about connection. This is about service. This is about equality and justice. And so my little like, you know, look at my album didn't make sense anymore. It just didn't. My whole process had to incorporate what was going on because what I say has meaning but also what I don't say. And that became very clear that I needed to incorporate current events and and I'm talking historic, cultural truths into what I do. And so I think that's why what it meant to be creative in March meant something totally different a few months later. The title of your piece is The World Outside, you know, which is such an, I mean, immediately 
just struck me as like, oh yeah, that's how we're all feeling right <laughs> now, the world outside, right? You started this probably a few months ago, and I imagine it probably evolved a little bit as you were writing it. So how does all that connect to this piece that you wrote? I think I wrote it in May. So this was just pure pandemic reality. You know, it wasn't everything else that's been thrown into the mix. But um, I think what I became aware of when I was writing it, what I wanted to try and convey was the paradox in my experience in that moment. And I was having drastically conflicting emotions, extreme joy, extreme grief and sorrow, and also like hope. And there was these conflicting realities too. And so I wanted to try to convey that in the song to be both kind of mournful, but also very hopeful. And it's called The World Outside, but the, the paradox even of the title is it's really The World Inside. I mean, I could hear there's so much about it that feels like there's a sense of longing, but there's also a sense of like FOMO almost. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that it was the piece simply represents a day. Like you wake up and then become aware of what's happening. And then all the sort of feelings like we got to do something. I'm overwhelmed. This is too much. Oh my God, I'm so sad. No, but we can do something. And then at the end, it doesn't resolve because that's kind of how the day feels. There, There's always something that's not resolved. And paradox can be confusing. It can be unsettling, but it's also really comforting to not be disconnected from any of the feelings of what's happening. And so that's what I tried to put in that piece. You had mentioned right before we started recording a German word, and I'm not going to pronounce it correctly, (laughs) but something you you were trying to figure out about this time. And I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit and also I mean, if that connects to oh, the piece absolutely, as well. absolutely. I found myself often telling people, like when they'd say, how are you? I'd say, I'm, I'm just kind of blah. Like, I'm not good. I'm not bad. I, I'm good and bad, but I'm just blah. And so my mom and I stumbled a, uh, across this word called Weltschmerz, which is a German word. And it translates literally as world pain. It's a sadness that comes from, what was the word they used? We'll say conflict. It comes from the conflict of the way we want the world to be versus the way the world really is. And it's a longing. It's like, I want the world to be like this and it's not. And that's sad. (laughs) I I can feel that. (laughs) And I want it for myself, but I also want it for the world. And I was like, yes, I'm Weltschmerz and I have a Weltschmerz hangover today. Yeah. Um, so you're on top of, you know, being a very talented composer and touring musician. You're a studio musician. You've played on, you know, scores from Hans Zimmer. You've worked with Lauren Hill and Kanye West and Lord. And I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And because obviously you're doing a lot of remote recording now, I imagine, like everyone mm-hmm. else is doing. How does that feel different now, not just from the, the practical standpoint of traveling somewhere, but also with, you know, playing with other musicians? I can definitely feel that uh, vacuum, that loss of enrichment and connection that, I mean, that because that's what music is, really. It's about connection and conversation. So I, I love remote recording, but I love remote recording in the sort of totality and package of all the other things. It's nice to just record in my room after having been in a huge session. I, I like that juxtaposition. And the same with thing with touring. It's fun to tour when I've been in the same place for a long time because it's a change. And so I totally miss 
being in a room with other people, I miss the variety and the change of scenery and the change of, you know, every project's different. That's the great thing about music. And so there, there is a little bit of like, oh, I'm going back into my studio again. Okay, let's go back in my studio again. Okay, you know, it's just that repetition. So I've had to f- try to find ways to create that diversity in something that really doesn't lend itself to sort of an innate sense of this is different. Um, and in the way I approach it. So I've, I've really tried to say, if I feel like, oh, I have to do that recording, I wait until I have that sense of joy. Like, I can't wait to do this recording. And so I, I was I was about to go on a tour right when COVID hit and had a bunch of live stuff, um, probably more than I have had before. But, you know, I, I trust that that it will all at some point return and it will be the sweetest experience. That first show back. Waterworks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting away from the, the pandemic, you're a musician who has been playing since, what, you were four or five years old? I'm sure very I got, young. I got right? a late start at eight. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Very late. Yeah. No, you're not going to be a prodigy at eight. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of true, though. Well, maybe. If yeah. I really was, then it wouldn't matter, but Eight, yes. <laughs> but with all the you know accolades that you have of folks you've worked with and different scores you've played on, and I'm sure different concert works you've played on, how does all those experiences inform your life as a composer? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm writing for my instrument or strings in general, I'm always simultaneously imagining them being played sonically, visually, energetically. Um, I'm always thinking about the musician. And the, not only the playability, but the enjoyment of playing them. So I try to write stuff that's enjoyable on the instrument. So if I compose at the computer, it's going to be totally different than if I sit down and compose behind my instrument. And sometimes I need to be challenged without lines and dots and just feelings and intuition. And sometimes that can uh, lock me into a certain style of play. Like I won't write something that's tricky necessarily because I'm playing what's comfortable. So then I'll sit behind the computer. But I'm yeah, I'm always thinking about w- what is this going to be like as an experience for the musicians. I would imagine, especially as a string player too, because I would think that you've probably played your fair share of things where you're like, who wrote this? <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds spectacular, uh, you know, when Mitty's right. doing it, but to play it, it's... Some things sound awesome, and they're just not fun to play. So is there anything on the horizon that you're really excited about, whether it be a project you're working on or something you're writing for yourself right now? Is the album still out the window, or have you given that more thought? No, it'll never be out the window. It's been there for decades, so I don't think it's going anywhere, that that idea of putting out an album. Um, I think the thing that I'm marinating on and meditating on daily is how can I create, how can I move the needle with my music? And that doesn't mean it needs to be globally or even nationally or even statewide. It could be just among the 20 people that might listen to it. But how do I, how do I say I'm aware of what's going on and offer my perspective? You know, I've been thinking a lot about like, how do we reach people that are, you know, crudely to say it crudely, like on the other side of the fence and don't want to climb over how do you do that? And it's like this concept of 
not calling out, but calling in. And I think music inherently organically does that. So if, if music has that power to connect people that are on the opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of beliefs, how can I make that connection between those two people? And I don't think it's cerebral. I don't think it's something I'll figure out. I just have to find that place and find an intention um, that isn't just, it sounds cool. So that's sort of where I'm at. I think that's the exciting thing I'm trying to think about is how do I, how do I create that in music and how do I start to make change within the music industry? How do I, how do I give power to people who don't have power? Like other people have power. How do I start to create um, equality and speak up when something is said, you know, all those things I'm, I'm, I'm training in my mind so that when we do, I mean now, but also when we go back out, out into the world more, I want to not be a participant in the problem, but in the solution. Mm. Ro, thanks for joining us. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And now, The World Outside by Ro Rowan. Outside was performed by Ro Rowan, Lisa Liu, and Drew Ford. Chamberhouse is produced by Dabney Morris. See you next time.